0: This podcast episode is powered by Afripods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bridging climate communication gaps in Africa. I'm your host, Sophie Bogwa. Now, the COP26 in Africa series ends today. But before then, uh, let's talk about two interconnected issues, that is gender and climate. Now, every year, nearly 20 million people leave their homes due to climate-induced displacement, according to the United Nations High Commission for Refugees. 80% of those displaced are women and girls. I invited Camille Kenner, a gender expert specialised in climate change sector in Africa for a multilateral development bank. Kenner has previously worked in Europe, North and Southern America for diverse international organisations to defend the rights of women, including in refugee displacement context. Kenner, thank you so much for joining us. What is the
1: link between gender and climate change? Hi, Sophie. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me to share this conversation today on gender and climate in Africa. So, about the gender and climate nexus on the African continent. First, we can speak about the importance of looking at Africa when it comes to climate change impacts. Africa is one of the most affected places in the world in terms of negative climate change consequences and in terms of gender inequality. Scientists reveal that Africa will be among the hardest hit continents, and the impact of climate change in Africa will include rise in sea level, coastal erosion, stress on freshwater resources, deforestation, uh, hurricanes, and also the spread of malaria. Then, to achieve gender equality in Africa, it would take 140 years if no drastic action is taken so we can see how gender justice and climate justice come together and how we need to address both of them to ensure a catalytic reaction to move forward on both sides at the same time then when we speak about gender we think of social and cultural differences between women and men so we not only focus on women but on how women and men can contribute to gender equality as soon as possible now we may wonder if women and men are differently affected by climate change impacts in africa there is plenty of literature to say that across societies the impacts of climate change affect women and men differently because they occupy different roles among the household and among the community as women are often responsible for gathering and producing food, collecting water, and sourcing fuel for heating and cooking. They are more directly impacted by droughts, floods, temperature changes, hurricanes. They are the first to deeply suffer from walking on longer distances to find wood, water, or food when livestock gardens have been destroyed. Um, Let's keep in mind that 70% of the world's poor are women and Africa, unfortunately, is not exception, and that 70% of the women in Africa work in the agriculture sector, meaning that most of them are poor and at the forefront of climate change effects.
0: Why are women re- always
1: referred to agents of change? Women are agents of change because they are the main providers of food subsistence and of survival raw materials like water, wood and food. So due to this unique role, they have a deep and precious knowledge and understanding of their natural and social environment. They are also aware of the needs of each member of of their household and they are used to adapt to changing environmental conditions and to come up with practical solutions. However, um, who cannot affirm that all women in Africa have the possibility to develop their agent of change qualities to date, not at all because of lack of intrinsic capacity, but due to the state of poverty in which they are plunged, whether at the financial, educational, energy, and digital levels, or also even due to the geographical exclusion implied by the rural environment in Africa. There is a quote of President Joyce Banda from Malawi saying that, People are born with 30% leadership traits, but 70% of that comes on top of education, environment, society. So what about girls born into absolute poverty? These 30% of leadership traits are not nurtured, cultivated and not allowed to grow up.
0: Mm. And education is key in developing that leadership trait but one of the things noted during the gender day celebrated during the just concluded UN climate summit was the need to make climate finance more gender
1: responsive. Please expound more on that. Gender responsive climate finance is key to reach non-gender discrimination in the creation of policies and projects that address climate change as well as to dismantle the systems that perpetrate gender discrimination. Having said that, We can understand the link between climate justice and gender justice, and how one has to go hand-in-hand with the other. So, there are several angles of attack to make climate finance and financing more gender responsive. First, we need to apply a gender lens to the climate change response targeting both mitigation and adaptation in Africa. It can be achieved by popularizing and showcasing the gender and climate nexus. So it concretely means that we have to produce and disseminate more gender and climate knowledge products, underlining the financial rational and faster and greater return on investment flowing from gender diversity in leadership and in project implementation. Then more money from adaptation is needed for supporting women in Africa. So it implies to increase the volume of climate adaptation finance which is still very low compared to the volume of climate finance mitigation globally and in Africa. Um, There are about 30% of climate finance dedicated to adaptation in Africa compared to 70% for, for mitigation. Another point is that not all sectors in need receive adaptation finance. Uh, there are mostly two sectors, agriculture and water supply and sanitation, um, which receive half of the adaptation-related funding. To some extent, this aligns with the, the expected vulnerability and exposure of these sectors to climate impacts. And also African governments prioritize these sectors in their climate plans. But money also needs to go to sectors such as education, health and biodiversity with the gender equality, objective. Healthy educated people are more resilient to climate shocks both socially and economically and healthy natural ecosystems reduce direct and indirect climate risks. We also need to ensure that funding is doing what is it set out to do once it reaches poor countries because most of it doesn't even reach countries. only 46% of adaptation finance committed to Africa was actually disbursed and 56% of mitigation finance was being spent. As a comparison, 96% of overall development finance that funders committed to Africa over the same period was actually disbursed. So it suggests that some major barriers are there um, for adaptation projects mainly, Some reasons can be found on the administration side, which is in less developed countries, you don't have a structure in place to to properly plan procurement. So it could be addressed by increasing technical assistance for line ministries and utilities in case. And so how can we make financing and climate finance uh, more gender responsive? Make climate finance more gender responsive could go through um, enhancing private sector equity investments for blended finance, using grants and equity to contribute to the implementation of the new nationally determined contributions, national action plans, national adaptation, programs of action and long-term strategies. Public financing can constitute collaterals for leveraging private finance and so on, so we should rely on blended finance to encourage gender responsiveness and infinite greater quantitative and qualitative results. It appears that blended finance is a relevant opportunity to deeply mainstream gender and climate change into the design, implementation and operations, rather than as a bolt-on feature or nice-to-have. And then it would also allow stronger alignment with sustainable development goals, like the ones on gender equality, climate action, partnerships for the goals at the minimum. Then, we should logically think of targeting locally-led and small-scale adaptation projects carried by women in addition to large-scale ones. It would involve to design financial mechanisms with appropriate dissemination to reach out to local women, as well as appropriate selection criteria, meaning that they are not too restrictive, like having a bank account, property title at their names. Most of local women in Africa don't have that. And also these financial mechanisms should, targeting adaptation need to be able to provide enough collaterals for investment institutions and companies. Last, it's quite obvious, but it's often um, forgotten. which should reach all the African countries. And I would like to mention the translation work done by French, Spanish, and other countries, development organizations to facilitate the access to climate finance, transforms and trainings for local women and men in their own language.
0: Camille, thank you so much. We have to
1: end it there. What is your final word? I would like to reiterate that in Africa, climate change is worsening inequalities between women and men. I'd like to stress the importance of simultaneously taking into account the gender and climate nexus on the continent. I would also like to come back to food security, which is at the base of the human pyramid with the airy breath and which is crucial for building a solid society. I would recommend to seek more on the agroecology side than on so called climate smart agriculture, which is at odds with the concepts of sustainability, respect and maintenance of biodiversity in addition to human health. Then, the world as it is now has been designed by men. It seems obvious to now count women in international climate negotiations and ground actions, but the idea is not to exclude men. If efforts to tackle the climate crisis must place women and girls at the centre, gender and climate justice are also men's issues. Gender equality, concerns both women and men and has a strong impact on their daily lives. So common sense would be to involve women in climate change leadership and incorporate climate finance to reach gender diversity and thus innovative and plural tailored solutions.
0: That was Camille Kenna, a gender expert specialized in the climate change sector in Africa for a multilateral development bank talking to us about gender and climate change. And with that conversation, we end the series on COP26 and Africa. Thank you so, so much to all our guests who made time and to you for listening. This podcast would definitely not be what it is without you. I sincerely appreciate your support and appreciate you tuning in every Tuesday and appreciate you sending those emails and appreciate you sending those inboxes and retweets and you know interacting with us on social media thank you so so much Please remember, we are on Spotify, Google, Apple, and our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com and every other channel you access your other podcast from. If you would want to get in touch with us, our email is info at So with the month of December here with us, I love December. I will be telling you what next, what we'll be talking about next before taking on that most deserved holiday break. But until then, Kwaheri, my name is Sofimbokwa. Ina Indeshwa na Afripods.